96.7 FM WTOB. You're listening to The Wealth Guardian Show with Doug Ray, helping you to retire that job but keep the paycheck. Of course, with me always is Bryce Payne. Today, we're going to be diving into a topic that affects everyone, regardless of age or financial status. How age and wisdom impact financial planning. Bryce, good morning. How are you doing? I'm doing all right, Doug. How are you this morning? Can't complain. Very good. Have we broken ground yet? Not quite yet, right? Not yet. <laughs> how, how far off are we? Uh, probably two weeks. Two weeks. Yeah. All right. Exciting times. Excited. If, you, if you're not aware that Doug has uh, uh, come up here to Charlotte full time with his wife, Sherry, and, uh, and your dad as well, mm-hmm. and uh, they've broken ground or about to break ground on a new house up here. So you're living in, uh, in temporary quarters for the next year and a half or so. Probably so. Very good. Yeah. Well, uh, I do want to give a shout out to our men and women of our military, like you, Doug, and like Garrett. Uh, every week here on the show, we take a moment to thank everyone who's put on the uniform for the Stars and Stripes, and we want to make this weekend no exception. So if you're out there, you or your family, somebody in your family has uh, made that sacrifice for the greater good of this country, we do want to take a moment here at the Wealth Guardians to give that Wealth Guardian service salute to you, and thank you for all that you do for our country. You're in our thoughts. You're in our prayers, as always. Also in our thoughts and prayers, Doug, are uh, the uh, Carolina Hurricanes. <laughs> they are in the playoffs yet again, and as are my Colorado Avalanche, and I'm just really, really keeping my fingers crossed that we could see those two teams uh, in the Stanley Cup together because that would just be uh, very enjoyable for me. So uh, Carolina Hurricanes and the Avalanche as well, we're, you're in our thoughts as well here. All right, Doug, so we are talking uh, this week about how age and wisdom impact financial planning. Uh, just a quick question to you before we start this topic off. Yes or no? Do you think age and wisdom play any role whatsoever in retirement planning or financial planning? Certainly. Okay. There's our answer. So today, that's what we're diving into. It's a topic that affects everyone, regardless of your age or your financial status, how age and wisdom impact financial planning. So no matter whether you are in life, no matter where you're at in life, your financial goals and priorities are going to change over time. That's obvious and that's given. And it's important to have a plan that reflects your unique needs and goals and objectives. So in this episode, we're going to explore the ways in which age and wisdom impact financial planning strategies and provide practical tips along the way and insights to help you make informed decisions about your finances. So Doug, let's start with the first one here. You you answered the question, absolutely. But why does age matter in financial planning? Well, let's just start from the beginning. Let's just say you're in your young 20s and you're starting out. Probably the last thing on your mind is retirement planning. Even though that's really what you're saving for, you don't necessarily even know it or yeah, understand it. I mean, that you at look at point. your pay stub and you say, what is this OASDI thing? You know, they're taking it out of my check. What is that? Right. You know, Social Security, Medicare. You're paying into all of it. You, you don't even think about that. And then a few years later, maybe you get married. Well, now your focus is on, mm. you know, building up a, a house, buying furniture, maybe another car, that kind of thing. And then all of a sudden, little ones come along. You're still not thinking about retirement, retirement planning. Right. You know, you got all this other stuff to think about. College expenses, feeding the kids, off, clothing the kids, marrying yeah. them off at a certain point. <laughs> exactly. Then the fifties hit, age fifty. Then you go, oh wow, that went pretty quick. Yeah, I've got this four hundred one k I've been saving at, but I've got probably another maybe ten, fifteen years before I really retire. 
Maybe I ought to get serious about this stuff. So you see, as you grow and develop over time, your focus is on a lot of different things. I'll never forget when I first started out, you know, right out of college, I started putting money in an IRA. I went into the Navy. The Navy, the military back then didn't have a 401k. They do now. But uh, so it was really on you. I mean, if you didn't serve your full 20, you weren't going to get a pension. And, you know, if you did serve your 20, I guess the government thought, well, they don't need a 401k because they got a pension. So as time goes by, this happened to me. That's why I'm reflecting. You know, okay, right. We got married, had the kids, got a house, all that stuff. And then eventually, by the time I'm in my 50s, I'm going, wow, you know, I've got to think about retirement one day. Yeah. So. And your career, for a lot of us, our career doesn't really even take off until the 40s or for some of us even in the 50s. So um, saving doesn't become a huge option for many of us out there until – the kids are well established. Yeah. So you're putting a lot of that money into the kids, into the college, like you said, right. and whatnot, keeping that house going. So saving for retirement for a lot of us is something that doesn't even begin until our, our second half of life. You know, if you're 40-something and you happen to be listening to this show right now and you're thinking, oh, my gosh, I hadn't even hardly got started, that's normal. I mean, statistics have proven time and time, just like Bryce said, most of your wealth is created by the time you hit 50 to 65. Right. And think about it. I mean, before that, you know, you're spending your money on the kids and the family and everything else. You're climbing your way up the ladder. That's exactly yeah. right. Well, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to The Wealth Guardians with Doug Ray and Bryce Payne. And this week in the first segment, we're talking about how age and wisdom impact financial planning. And we just talked to Doug about why does age matter in financial planning. So, Doug, now I'm going to ask you a follow-up question to that. What role does wisdom play and financial planning, not age, but wisdom. Those two things don't always go hand in hand. <laughs> no, they don't. I think in this context, you're probably more talking about the financial advisor side of things. Okay. And it could be the, the everyday investor, retiree type person. But let me, let me attack that question from the financial advisor side. Yeah, I think that's nice. You know, to get into this business, we all have to pass certain exams and get a license. But that is just the absolute basic necessity of a foundation, if you will. Wisdom is something you gather with time in the seat, experience. And I'll never forget when I first started out in this business, you know, yeah, I knew all the stuff to pass a test, uh, had gotten an MBA by then, and uh, but I didn't have that wisdom, that experience. And that only comes with time yeah. and experience the, the you know, different aspects of clients and what they need and so forth. You know, not everybody is alike. You do case studies when you're studying uh, how to get into this business and get licensed and that kind of thing. But as you go through time, you'll find out that everybody's needs are different. Every family is completely different. And you have to be able to take that whole broad range uh, that you've been exposed to and apply it to each individual uh, to try to give them the best customized plan you can develop. And certainly the wisdom on the part of the client goes hand in hand with that as well, because the older they are, we talked about age, but the older they are, the more events they have gone through mm -hmm. and the more life experiences they've accumulated and they might not be able to articulate that to a financial advisor so well, 
But if the financial advisor has wisdom on their side, experience and wisdom on their side, they have a certain understanding of what the client is going through or is about to go through with certain events that that client might not be able to articulate to the advisor. So for me, that's where the experience and the wisdom of the advisor being able to put themselves in the client's shoes, even though the client might not be able to articulate some of their concerns and fears and expectations of what's to come for them financially. Exactly. And Bryce, in our second segment, I know we're going to be talking about historical events that may have impacted people's perception of how to manage their money, both from a, uh, an emotional impact and a logical impact of what they've experienced. So, yeah. Well, and, and speaking of things that have happened in the past, experiences that have happened in the past, Doug, we have a, a seminar coming up on um, Tuesday, May 16th, and again Thursday, May 18th, that I want to make everybody aware of out there. It's called Retirement Success in Turbulent Times. And obviously, we're going through some turbulent times right now. But if we look back, and we're going to cover this in the, uh, in the second segment, there's always turbulent times going out there. And retirement success in turbulent times... People, when they get ready to retire, they are moving from the wealth accumulation side of life to the wealth distribution side of life. Mm -hmm. And we have said this many times on the radio show in the past, losses mean more than gains when it comes to a successful retirement plan. If you've been saving for retirement for the last 30 or 40 years, you've been to some degree chasing the market. And whether successfully or not, you've been trying to keep up with the market. But that benchmark of yours when you enter the wealth distribution phase of life needs to change. Your strategy for investing needs to change. And your strategy for not incurring certain losses needs to change. And that's what we were going to talk about in this seminar, May 16th and May 18th at 6.30 p.m. Retirement success in turbulent times. There is no cost or obligation to attend this seminar. But like always, as all of our seminars are, you do have to register. So you can give us a call at 336 391 That's 336-391-3409. You can also visit us at our website, thewealthguardians.com, and hit the events tab and register that way. Now, we're going to come back to things here in the second segment, but we do have to take a break for a moment, and I want to go ahead and throw that trivia question out there to all of you, and most importantly, to Doug. So, Doug, are you ready? No. You never are, and I I, I will give you a warning here that this is going to be a tough one for you. Okay. was for me. It's time for the Wealth Guardian's Trivia Question of the Week. So we're, we're celebrating a certain monumental event in history here uh, this week. On April 30th, 1789, George Washington took his oath of office to become the first president of the United States. Though, of course, there were several presidents of the Continental Congress and the Confederation Congress before him. But there are three requirements to qualify to be president. Three requirements. Mm -hmm. The first one is that you must be at least 35 years old. Mm -hmm. I think most of us are familiar with that one. The second one is that you must be a natural-born citizen, Mm -hmm. though that has never been accurately defined or or, uh, agreed upon defined what a natural-born citizen is. What is the third requirement? And I'll be completely honest, I did not know this one. I'm embarrassed to say. What is the third requirement to be president of the United States? So, We've thrown that out there to Doug. I see the uh, gears turning in his mind there. (laughs) We're going to get to this on the other side of the break. This is Bryce Payne. With me is Doug Ray. The show is The Wealth Guardians, helping you retire the job and keep the paycheck. And this is 96.7 FM WTOB. 96.7 FM WTOB. You're listening to The Wealth Guardians Show with Doug Ray, helping you retire the job and keep the paycheck. 
I'm Bryce Payne along with Doug Ray. And in the second segment this morning, we are talking about the psychology of investing in the wake of historic market crashes. Going to give you a little bit of a history on the various market crashes that have happened in the United States and around the world here. I'm Bryce Payne along with Doug Ray. Now, before we get to our trivia question, I've got two questions for you. Are you looking forward to retirement? That's question one. Give you time to think about that. Second question is, do you want to make sure that you're making the best financial decisions for your retirement? Well, I'm hoping you answered yes to both of those, because if you did, then Doug and I have great news for you. We here at the Wealth Guardians offer a no cost, no obligation. I'm going to repeat that. A no cost, no obligation, second opinion slash review of your retirement plan, whether you put it together yourself or you put it together with your advisor. We're going to include a deep analysis of your assets, your investment portfolio, your insurance policies, your income needs, your risk tolerance, your risk exposure, tax mitigation strategies, legacy goals, and even the fees that you are currently paying. Our goal is not complicated. We want to help you lower your fees and we want to help you align your risk and improve your overall retirement picture so you can indeed retire the job and keep the paycheck. But you have to call us. We don't know your phone number, but you know ours because I've given it to you many times. It's 336-391-3409. I'll give it to you one more time. 336-391-3409. I want you to give us a call or visit us at thewealthguardians.com to set up your financial plan review with Doug Garrett and myself today. No cost, no obligation. I want you to remember the markets are not going to wait for you. Okay. Now, let's go ahead and get to that trivia question that we asked Doug, and I'm going to ask him again. Doug, are you ready? No. Well, I've I've thought very hard through the break. Um, Let's see. It's time to get Doug's best guess for the Wealth Guardian's trivia question of the week. Okay. So, on April 30th, 1789, that's this week, George Washington took his oath of office to become the first president of the United States. Now, of course, there were several presidents before him that were of the Continental Congress and the Confederation Congress. But there became three requirements to qualify to be president. And these were stated right off the bat. So even George Washington had to uh, abide by these. One, you must be 35 years old. Okay. You must be a natural born citizen. Okay. I, in full disclosure, I did not know what this third one was. I probably have heard it at some points, but I wasn't aware of it. I thought there were just two. What is the third requirement to be president? Well, Bryce, like you, I'm sure at some point in time I've heard it, but I just can't remember. Do you want to take a stab at anything? I no. <laughs> All right. Well, that gives us a big fat. Yep. You have to have been living in the United States for 14 years. Okay. <laughs> did not know that. So, no, I did. Uh, it doesn't say that you have to be there 14 years consecutively, maybe a few years in your youth, and then you come back. I don't know. People were going back and forth to Europe quite frequently at that yeah, time. Yeah. But uh, that's the third one. So you must be 35 years old. You must be a natural-born citizen, and you must have lived in the United States for 14 years of those 35 years. Interesting. So, And that, that still uh, is uh, relevant today. Those are yeah. the three requirements to be president today. All right. Well, very good. And if you got it out there, uh, kudos to you 
for knowing that. That's a little uh, a little bit of trivia that I was not aware of. All right, so Doug, we're going to uh, get started here on our second subject: the psychology of investing in the wake of historic market crashes. So I wanna ask you, have you ever wondered why you handle the money the way you do? Well, it turns out your financial behaviors can be tracked back to your formative memories. And in this episode, we explore how historic market crashes have left a lasting impact on our relationship with money. We're also gonna contrast them with the way more recent crashes have shaped our financial views and decisions in the short term. So Doug, let's start off with the one that I think everybody knows, the granddaddy of them all, like the Rose Bowl. The Great Depression took place from 1929 to 1939. Your grandparents and your mm. parents uh, yeah. were around for this. Yeah, and you know, there's not that many people left that were of the age uh, where they were actually trying to work and find a way to live and even invest. My dad is going to be 91. He was a child during this period, and he distinctly remembers it. He's had long last, that's had a long-lasting impact on him and the way he squeezes the heck out of a dime. You, know? you don't take anything for granted yeah. if you live through that. But that whole generation that lived through it, that were, were adults then, Mm-hmm. By and large, that group never went back to the stock market. It lost 90% of its value. It took it 25 years to get back to where it was in 1929. Repeat that static one more time, that that statistic one more time. It took the Dow Jones Industrial Average 25 years to get back to where it was at its October 29 high. I don't think we should glaze over that. No. The, the last one that we had, the uh, what we call the Great Recession, that only took about five years right. to get back to its previous high. You're saying 25 years 25 when, in the years. Great Depression, when the market crashed, to get back to its previous high. So people were underwater for a quarter of a century. 1929 to 1954 quarter of a century people yep. were underwater had not seen their money come back to them that yep. is huge of course that's going to have a lasting impact Absolutely. on people all right so that was the great depression that's the one we always refer back to right that's mm-hmm. the that's the benchmark of all other uh crashes as well was it as bad as the great depression well the next one that we had after that was the world war ii era booming market and that was 1945 talk to us about what happened there yeah so you know that period after world war ii the uh, soldiers and the sailors they came home it was a great period of time the world was at peace a lot of rebuilding was going on jobs were plentiful people had money uh, so people lived in an environment there where they just saw the market go up and up and up and up and that breeds complacency you know, we've had a period like that back in the 80s and the 90s, and that ended badly. And we've had a period re- recently, you know, since the Great Recession, 2009, the market's been essentially going up and up and up until about two about, years ago. About a, yeah, uh, until about two years ago. So it definitely breeds complacency. And uh, we're seeing it, you know, people coming in and, and we're talking and we're seeing it on, you know, looking at the different market indicators like the VIX, which is a measure of, of um, uh, consumer, com- well, the complacency in the market. Yeah. Uh, it's an indicator that says that, you know, people are just aren't scared. Consumer and, confidence. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, it's something to be very wary of. You know, I, I'll never forget Sir John Templeton said, uh, the time to buy is when blood is running in the street. And the time to sell 
is when the market's at high and people think it's going to continue to go higher. Right, right. Okay, so that was the World War II era booming market, and you weren't around for that one, but this next one you were around for now. So we had soaring interest rates in the late 70s and the early 80s. That was uh, the Carter and then going into the Reagan administration. Everyone to this day, people that we sit down with, because our clients remember this as well, they lament on interest rates today where they can't get a a bond or a CD that's even over 3%. Now, those are changed recently here in the last couple of months, but people would lament, boy, I sure I remember the days when I could get a CD that paid 14% or whatnot. But you always had the flip side to that of, yeah, but what were the mortgage rates back then at the same time? Well, I certainly remember this era. Um, I was right in it. In fact, that was the, my wife and I's the beginning of our uh, you know, time together as a married couple. And, um, you know, yeah, you could get a CD. I got one at 13, 13.5%, I think it was. But uh, inflation was higher than that. And our first house, we had a 15.5% mortgage on it. So, I mean, every step of the way, we were still underwater. And, of course, now, this past year, we've been seeing what's happened with inflation and interest rates. And those of us who live through this time frame are saying, oh, my gosh, don't bring this back again. Mm. Because I'll never forget thinking about if I'm going to go out and buy something, I better buy it now because in six months or a year, it's going to be even more expensive. Yep. Yep. All right. So now we get into one that I remember. I was in college when this happened. Black Monday, Mm -hmm. 1987. Reagan was in office. What happened with this? So that Monday, the Dow Jones dropped the most it's ever dropped in one day. It was like 23%. I remember distinctly, too, because I actually was an investor. I wasn't an advisor at the time. I was still a naval officer. Back in those days, there was no cell phones, there was no computers, no internet. All I could do is pick up the phone and try to reach my broker. Well, I didn't reach him for a week because things were so such a mess then. Now, that particular little crash, if you will, it didn't have a long-lasting impact. Right. It was kind of a, over in a couple months, I believe it was. But... Uh, yeah, that can that can definitely bring an, an impact. One of the things it did for me as I became an advisor is I had to have this idea or I needed to have this plan in place so that I could protect my clients during bad times because bad times come and bad times go. Right. Right. Now, the ones that we're getting into after that, after Black Monday, by the way, they've put guardrails in place since that. Mm -hmm. You can't have the market drop 25% in one day like it did back then. But now the ones that we've got coming up here, the dot-com crash of 2000, the Great Recession of 2008, these are ones that hit our clients closer to home because they they were investing feverishly for retirement at that time, and they remember these. So it seems that they've gotten more... Have they gotten more commonplace, these these big events now, or is that just our imagination? I don't, I, I don't know if it's a commonplace thing. I mean, they do occur on more average frequently? about every seven years or okay. so. All right. But yeah, I mean, we meet with people every day that come in and they distinctly remember 2008 and nine, and, and you know, saying, well, I didn't worry about it too much back then because I knew I was 15 or more years away. But now... I'm on the steps of a retirement, and I can't afford that to happen again. No, absolutely. It, uh, they do happen, and they do have a lasting impact on people and their psychology for wanting to take risk or not wanting to take risk when it comes to their retirement portfolio, especially the closer they get to that 
magical time point where they do retire. Speaking of that, Doug, I want to close off here before we're out of time. We do have another set of seminars coming up on May 16th and May 18th. Retirement success in turbulent times. We did this one a couple times last year. We're going to do it again this year because we are still in turbulent times. There is no cost or no obligation to attend the seminar. But if you're approaching retirement or in retirement and you're wondering to yourself, is my portfolio properly aligned or am I doing all the things that I need to to have success throughout turbulent times in my retirement? I want you to attend this seminar. You have to give us a call and register. But as I said, no cost or no obligation. 336 3913409 or you can reach out to us on our website thewealthguardians.com and hit the events tab. So Doug that leaves us with no more time for this week. Uh, I want to thank you for joining us. I want to thank Doug for joining us. We hope the rest of your weekend is everything you want it to be. This is Bryce Payne along with Doug Ray. The show is The Wealth Guardians helping you retire the job and keep the paycheck. And this is 967 FM WTOB.